Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm your morning, because as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal taking on Manchester United and Wolverhampton Wanderers. Two extremely tough games. But yeah, let's go to the Emirates where we took on a Man United side who, you know, when when the lineups came out, um, their odds went basically from 2.8 to, you know, almost 2 to so it kind of dropped, making them almost even more favourites. My one friend who watched the Man United game with me, actually, when he saw the two contrasts in lineups, you know, he put a thousand bucks on uh, Man United. And I was also just as worried seeing no Saka or Aubameyang in the lineup. I'm inside of the bat, my, you know, the type of disrespect. I mean, I, I mean, that's all you can really put it out as, um, it, you know, thrown in our direction from certain pundits. I mean, like, especially, you know, someone like uh, Paul Scholes and Roy Keane. But I mean, also leading up to the game, there was already, um, it was like little to no chance given to us for this game. Because, look, of course, look, we have that bias angle since we're Gooners and that, but, I just thought to myself, what I've seen up to now, you know, like leading up to the game, I felt positive. I know, and you told me still you were feeling somewhat nervy or whatever. But, I mean, for me, I felt positive because I knew this was a run of games we had. And, I mean, I don't know like how other listeners now take this also. But for me, it's like United, they found themselves in this situation almost like by, you know, as I said, you know, you have to get yourself by hook or by crook to get somewhere and it's like they smuggle themselves really into getting into this sort of position because I mean one minute you're talking about um, say uh, City, Liverpool um, maybe Tottenham at the time and then Leicester and them, they're all having a, a run for it and I mean out of nowhere I mean United come with uh, you know when they're clocking up these it was like at, at times it's not like where they, where they get the, the you know little bit of help from the officials especially at Old Trafford where Bruno Fernandes is like thriving and living off uh, these sort of game, um, uh, these sort of key moments in games. So I mean, I wasn't really, you know, that worried about them because look, I've seen what we've done with, with them. If you have a certain game plan and you stick to it at Old Trafford when we beat them one 0 and I mean, we also saw even though they were, you know, flying so, you know, the game before, like leading up to the, to the game, uh, to the big crunch game, they they also had a slip up with the played Sheffield United and. Although they had no real answers to come back from that uh, that sort of game, even though they were huffing and puffing. Yeah, I know. Um, definitely. And, and I think United, you know, they like you've seen some bizarre decisions. One that comes to mind is that Brighton game where the ref blew the full-time whistle. You know, VAR said, let's check. It, it, it could be a penalty decision. Mm-hmm. Man United gets the penalty decision. They beat Wolves, you know, last-minute goal. So they've been, like you said, Getting the results, you know, not performing at their best, but still pulling away with results. And I think, you know, Arsenal came into this game very much underdogs, especially with their absentees. I mean, sorry, I forgot about Tierney as well, who was, who was yeah. out. I mean, missing Tierney, Saka and Aubameyang, those are three massive players. And then going into the game, I mean, for most parts, the first half, it was almost like, you know, two teams just uh, feeling each other out, you know, like two boxes. Nobody really wants to go, you know, really for the killer punch, because I think... Both teams knew each other's threats. Look, okay, we didn't have enough three key players. They actually made drastic changes from the game, from the team that lost to Sheffield United. So this was actually what you would call uh, one of the stronger United teams that they normally would put out. So, I mean, look, we missed, as you said, we missed three you know, key players to this game. And I think, I, I really think that it's almost like the cutting edge 
would have been almost like more, you know, almost like visible with us because you already know what sort of factor um, Kirtiani brings in. You know what his combo with uh, Aubameyang who plays ahead of him. And then also, if you take the other side, the sort of uh, combination that uh, Bellerin and, and or the partnership that they've not uh, built between uh, Bellerin and Saka, it's also like phenomenal. And I just think to myself, this was also a game where, uh, you know, I, I was also expecting a bit more from Thomas Party in this game because look, I really thought it was going to be come or, or come down as a clash between Pogba and and Party to show you know who's like the more outstanding and influential midfield. And then I mean both of them had like a like an off day. I mean both of them needed like a dick chair because I mean they offered really nothing. And I mean for most parts we also kept say somebody like Bruno Fernandes for the majority of the uh, game quiet. Although I mean he did show that nasty side of him where. You know, what was it, 12th or 13th minute where he ends up getting Cedric booked for, um, like, you know, barely contact made to him. And then, I mean, he ends up holding his face. Cedric gets booked, like, quite early. And then, I mean, two minutes later, the ref don't even check. I mean, it was like, you know, a studs up tech, uh, a stomp on, on Grande Chaka's ankle. And, I mean, not even a yellow card given. That, that was bad. I mean, I was, you know, watching the game with, with a United fan and I was going on about, like, you know, how is that? A yellow card, the Arsenal, you know, knocking the face. And then, you know, Bruno Fernandes clearly, you know, tramps on the back of his Achilles. That was intent to injure the player. That was not to play the ball at all. I mean, you know, I must say it could have been a red card, but it's debatable because that was not, you know, done in the spirit of the game going for that tackle. It was to actually injure the guy. Because it was like, many, like quite a few seconds after uh, Xhaka laid the ball off. When he yeah. just starts coming and, and going for the ankle. But, I mean, yeah, the ref lets it slide, which was, like, you know, really infuriating. But that being said, Arsenal, of course, now start, you know, upping the tempo of the game. And I think it's only, like, two teams were also trying to out-counter each other with, with you know, the, the, the traditional counter-attacks. Because, I mean, there were some periods where you had United just sitting deep and waiting and waiting and waiting. And, I mean, you've got somebody like, say, Martial and Rashford, when they when they do spring the offside trap, but not offside, the count, the quick counter, the Arsenal is quite difficult to you know uh, catch up to. But I mean that being said, we now press forward. Martin Landy ends up having a you know, pot shot at goal, but I mean of course a very tame shot at the hair. Yeah, I, th- I think Arsenal did very well in terms of you know getting the foothold in the game, and I think we. You know, United were dominating in terms of trying to play on the counter, but Arsenal, you know, weren't falling for their tricks like they would have, you know, two, three, four seasons under Wenger, where, you know, United almost throws a team out, plays a ball over the top, and, you know, on their way out to score two to three counter-attacking goals. So we were very wise to that, but I also think Thomas Partey's passes were, you know, always mishit. You know, I'm a big fan of him, but I think there were times where his passes... Well, yeah. either underheat or overheat, and it kind of slowed things down to, like, you know, quite drastically. Then, I mean, 20th minute, first real big chance for United. Uh, Fred ends up hitting a, almost like a dipping volley. Not really power, but more accuracy. And, I mean, you can actually see the ballers already careering in, like, you know, going to dip to the top corner. And I don't know how Leno manages to get this the right spring in his step, but, I mean, he manages to claw the ball away for a corner. What a save by Leno. Yeah, that is a heart-in-mouth moment. And he's slowly starting to, you know, increase his stock at the club. You know, like when Mart- uh, Martin is left. The first, you know, few games, for me personally, you know, I felt, oh, did we make a mistake getting rid of Mart- um, Martinez? 
I still obviously miss Martinez, but you know, Leonard's coming to that keeper where you're like, okay, this this guy is really, you know, solid at the back. And we've never had a keeper of that stature in a while, making, you know, such um, important saves, good on the ball, and very reliable and consistent. And I think what I like about him is also, he, you know, he's cool and collective about things, about his opinion about stuff also. And just listening to him also, you know, when they asked him, I think it was, when it was coming close to the time when Martinez was going to leave and he, so he was still, you know, battling over that injury, when he actually said, I know I'm going to be number one. Like, I mean, not like to, to almost like play down uh, what Martinez brought to the club, especially in that FA Cup run. But I mean, you could actually see it was somebody that really knew, or, you know, he, he's got a real, uh, you know, belief in his own talent. So it just shows, I mean, I actually like that attitude in, in him. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely got our number one spot sorted out. We just need to, you know, just to see how Matt Ryan's going to do from from being his deputy for the next few months. But, um, you know, top save and, you know, keeping Arsenal in the game. I mean, those go in, you know, a lot of the time, those dip into the corner or in off the crossbar and suddenly you're finding yourself one all down. Then I think Arsenal's best chance uh, in that first half, Pepe then goes on this sort of mazy run, does it like, I don't know how many step overs. Kind of, you know, I think uh, as much as it sometimes can frustrate us, but I mean, at least he had a, you know, he brought a different angle to his game that, you know, what we normally would see. Because you could see Maguire and uh, Lindelof didn't really know whether you know, they must go for him or kind of, you know, just back off him. And I think the minute they back off him, Pepe ends up having a shot. And I mean, you could see it's already beating the keeper, but I mean, it just manages to kind of shave the post. Yeah, I was also hoping that that would have occurred in because Pepe, you know, I've been his biggest, biggest critic. And I I can say that I've always, you know, whenever he makes a mistake, I hop on it or that. But I, I must say his performances have improved. I don't know, you know, what caused the change in performances. But, you know, that's something that we bought Pepe for, that kind of trickery in the box and, you know, trying to curl on in. I mean, those sometimes go in, but at least he's a threat and causing problems to the opposition's defence. I think what, like, I mean, this is not just my opinion, of course. I mean, I'm sure the listeners and, and you all will also have something different. But, I mean, my take is just, you know, since the squad is now being trimmed so much with the, you know, the exits. So, we have now a smaller squad. So, now, almost like your errors and it's going to be exposed even more. Now, you don't have anybody to hide behind. And, you know, like now, with, with the other point also, since the squad is so smaller now, everybody's almost like vying for the places now. that 11 places are like gold now. And you can see... He knows, I mean, if he kind of messes up or whatever, he's going to lose his place. Because, look, it's now going to come down to Saka again to win his place over. Because, look, he got now injured, uh, you know, had a little niggle, a uh, hip injury. So, he kind of sits out. So, now it's like, you know, Pepe's almost like fighting for his dear life now to keep it. And I think that is also where his, his solid performances are coming in now. And, I mean, I, I fully agree with you. I mean, he's being now a major factor. He's almost like becoming a headache now for opponents where they... Actually, they know, okay, he's not just coming now from that left side anymore. No, sorry, the, uh, the right-hand side. But now he's playing almost like in the Aubameyang slot. And he actually looks more dangerous in that zone. I mean, I didn't expect it because for me, it's almost like you want to get Pepe to cut inside and have a pop on that right foot. But now it's like you see a sort of different dimension, a different style to his game now, like when he's on the right-hand side. And yeah, and I, and, and I mean... I mean, that's what, what, what you want in a team. You know, somebody that can play on either flanks. I mean, he could even do a job, you know, as a as a guy behind the striker, if, if need be. So, you know, Emil Smith-Rowe as well, uh, I know he had a quiet game in terms of setting up 
chances and stuff. But at, at the beginning of the game, I thought he was getting a bit overwhelmed. But he started, you know, he made up for, for where he was a bit overwhelmed in, in his work rate. Look, uh, also with, with, with regards to Marshall and Rashford, um, you know, the way the media also built this game up, you really thought they were going to now run, especially that two forwards, they were going to, you know, tear us a new one, you know, like with our defence. But I mean, they, our players actually knew, and, and I think, you know, just to bring up a point, what you were saying about the, the style of our play, where we always get sucker punched and, and get really counted, and, and you know, the, the score ends up you know, in, in massive uh, score lines against us. This uh, it's like the, the players we had, we had on show for this game, they actually knew whether, you know, when to back off, when to uh, double up on somebody and whatever. And so, I mean, they kind of figured them out, and that is why to see. Uh, Look, we're still going to get to it and that, but when, when you have people like, like Rashford, you know, not seeing out the full 90. So it tells you he was really shut out in almost like all different angles as well. Yeah, I know. Definitely, I think we've, we've matured a lot as a team. You know, even if I say we matured from since since Boxing Day, I don't know what has been the major factor in it, but we seem like, you know, a new team. And I think at 0-0, no, no, Arsenal sort of slowly growing with confidence, but uh, there, there were some nervy moments, especially the one like before, and I don't know if, if I'm missing anything in between. But that one before half time when we gave Bruno a chance at the end of the box. No, that when he ended up float, trying to float it over a top corner and ended up going more between corner flag and the goalpost. No, I mean the, the, the free kick way with David Luiz um, hits it over and, and almost celebrates it as it's a goal. Yeah. Then second half, um, Arsenal then made a tactical change. Uh, Martinelli came off. I mean, he was kind of quiet. I mean, but for that shot and that one defensive move that he made when he, you know, tracked back fast late in the, in the first half when he ended up nipping in the head to, to get a ball away for a corner. Um, he had actually quite a quiet half. So, William came on. I mean, I was not really sure about the decision. Me also. I, I was just thinking, I mean, you, you know, you, you're going to try to Possibly, you know, hold them at their bay, but also try to sneak a win. But I mean, I didn't expect what was the 49th minute when he came after he came on, the ball falls perfectly to William. And I think, you know, just for that somebody that lacks confidence, I mean, he was trying to get the ball almost like out under his feet. And I mean, in that time, one Bissaka already comes under close him, and I mean, William ends up crashing the ball against his legs and out for a corner. Yeah, I was quite pissed off at that point. I was thinking, you know, <laughs> maybe if it was a bummy hang or someone else and that would have been in the back of the net. Yeah, and then 50th minute, I mean, William again gets the ball. This time he again beats the, the right side fullback. You know, you, you know, play beats him all ends up and manages to worm himself into the box. And I mean, he tees up Pepe perfectly. And I mean, because Pepe, Pepe is already coming in with a... The sort of finish that we saw against Man United last season at all, at, at uh, the Emirates, where he just comes in from outside wide and then just sl- slashes the ball. And I mean, Harry Maguire makes a fantastic block because I mean that ball. I think De Gea was beaten all ends up. I think Arsenal started, you know, started, started slowly starting getting that more you know, self belief and self confidence. And you know, uh, as I'm watching this game, and I know. You know, you can't go back in time. But I'm thinking, you know, if only a Bamiang or even Saka was on the field, you know, so- something would have possibly could have, you know, put United under more pressure because you could see they were starting to, you know, panic about United. And I mean, for me, also, you know, I put my hand up. I've also been Williams' biggest critic. But I mean, this was probably him playing his 
first, like, you know, his first decent appearance since probably the opening day of the season. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. And I mean, I've, Pepe and William have been two people in the team that I've really been, you know, having a go against consistently. And, you know, they, they've actually stepped up. And I mean, if they can add more to this performances, you know, you have an all-round squad that, you know, there's no almost a gap in the squad. I mean, look at Cedric and Paladin. You know, if, yeah. if one of them plays, it's fine. On the left side, Cedric does a decent job at times, but I still think oh, we're almost seeing a player there. If if Tierney and maybe Paladin gets injured, I mean, you want another guy there. But for most part, you know, I've seen everything in our team is starting to be that way. You always mentioned you always want kind of two players almost in each position. But I mean, one thing I must, you know, give credit where it's due also. I mean, I wasn't really expecting this, but. What I noticed early on in that in that game also, or in in this United game, you can see Cedric has actually been working on his crosses on the with the left foot because yeah. there were times where he was you know doing the overlap run, and you could see he was just you know like kind of composing himself and then hitting almost like a you know inch perfect cross. I mean at times it ended up floating way over, but I mean there were no uh, people hanging on the back post, and at times he was also looking for Lacazette, and I mean Lacazette was kind of trying to do his own little job. I mean. No, he also played a, a, a decent game because he was pulling that whole set, you know, that set the backs out of position constantly. Yeah, he was even working his socks off. But like, you know, the only problem I had with this, I wouldn't say a problem, but, you know, looking to the Arsenal bench, you know, once you brought William on for Martinelli, and you kind of looked at, at the bench and I felt it, it was a bit bare, bearing in mind that Odegaard obviously is still, you know, finding his feet or would need to find his feet as he hasn't played a game on English soil yet. But if you look at that Arsenal team, it felt quite bare in attack. Like, you mm-hmm. could see that you, you miss a sucker and a bombing to add that, you know, power on the on the, um, on the the bench. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then 55th minute, uh, Marcus Rashford then makes a dash up the, at the Arsenal goal. Uh, William and Jaka then double up on him. I mean, I didn't expect uh, William to even help out that <laughs> And I mean, that ends up, you know, with the two of them kind of smothering him into a, like an error. He ends up losing the ball. Arsenal, between the two of them, uh, William and Xhaka, they smuggle the ball off him and play the ball to Leonard to get him some breathing space by putting up the ball up the field. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's a good play not to dally-dally with the ball at the back, you know. Like, we've, we've, we've been caught to the pants down so much time trying to, you know, be cute and clever. But, I mean, you know, it's typical David Lewis fashion when he's playing at the back. The team, you know, goes safety first. Yeah. Then, 58th minute, Cavani then ends up force, forcing uh, Leno into a solid save. But, I mean, it was getting worrying sometimes when, you know, the ball was allowed to get that far over. I mean, besides, you know, the fullback sometimes allowing that cross to come in. But also, the two in the centre... You know, we're, we're some of the, at times losing Cavani quite easily, and that was becoming, you know, a worry as the game was now wearing on in the second half. No, definitely Cavani had quite a few chances in the game to bag it for Man United. You know, strike of that quality and experience. You know, there, there were times when the, the message he was doing, uh, I recall the one also when he was like, you know, <laughs> right in front of the pole and he kicked it the opposite way, you know past the goalpost. I mean, Leno was going the opposite direction, but, you know, and it was in the speech yard box. And the one also with Leno, where he's totally out of position, the ball actually goes behind, Leno hits the post and then bounces away. Yeah. Like, uh, Leno's totally misjudged the like the, the, the flight of the ball, like the way he's not positioned himself. Yeah, I think there was some heart in mouth moment, but I mean, you know, that's the, the beauty of the of the Premier League and, 
uh, like I said, you know, also had a, you know, Pepe did have another amazing uh, run. Can't recall again the, the minute of it, but when he came from the right-hand side and he cut in and he tried to curl one as well past there, yeah, and it just went also inch-perfect, you know, just past the pole. I mean, even had to be a lick of faint on the other side, we could have been saying one no Arsenal. Yeah, I think at the moment you're talking about was the Rackers, it was 65th minute where he ends up clipping the, the crossbar, but I mean, you can see the hair has beaten all ends up because he just ended up just watching the ball bounce away. Yeah, it was, oh, it was so close. I mean, we, we, we had a fair chance and, and and it was a type of game that as it, you know, petered out to towards the, the dying, you know, minutes of like the in last few minutes, 10, 20 minutes of the game, it became a game that, you know, you you would be happy with it draw, but you could feel that yeah. oh win is possible. So as the game wore on, you kind of thinking, okay, we cancel win this, we cancel win this. And then it came to a point eventually where you said to yourself, you know, I'll take the point, but I just don't want to lose it anymore. Yeah, 83rd minute, Odegaard makes his debut, comes on for Smith Rowe, who also, you know, played his, himself into the ground again. I mean, that, that kid really got the engine on him. Um, and I, I think what I found actually funny watching, you know, the Odegaard uh, debut, um, you could see United didn't really know what to do with him. You know, it's like something, like, uh, you know, like a, almost like a new toy. They don't know how to really play with it because... They didn't know whether to go at him when he was running with the ball, and then they would rather than give him that space to, you know, to dribble and, and lay balls off. But I mean, that, for me, promising touches by him, and I mean, I'm quite excited to see more of him. No, definitely. I think he will add a lot to the team. It will give us, you know, if, if we're playing, I'm not disrespecting them, but like you play maybe against uh, Brighton at the Emirates or, you know, one of the teams, or West Brom at the Emirates or whatever, you know, you have the option of maybe sticking either Xhaka or Party to, you know, sit behind Odegaard and Emil Smith-Rowe, you know, to try to open the team up even yeah. more. So, so yeah, he, he, he just that option and hope we're going to use it. But I think, you know, Europa League's coming up very soon as well. So, I guess we're going to have to rotate and we won't have, with our smaller squad, we won't have that luxury of just, you know, playing players as we want to. Uh, then, of course, 94th minute, why and Lacazette end up colliding in the last, you know, part of the game. Uh, Lacazette, of course, ends up, I think, you know, kind of like having dizzy spell. So he ends up being rather substituted and Eden Kitty comes up. But I mean, by that time, I think both teams, you know, the last two minutes, I think both teams just, you know, rather settled for it. So the game ends 0-0. So that's a good point. But, you know, that was there, I guess, for the taking. And like I said, Promising and top performance. I just feel that you know, likes of Saka or some quality of a Pamiang would have added to the team. But you know what? We take the point and we go on to the modern new. Yeah. So I mean, Arsenal, as I would call it, the revenge to look. You know, really the because I mean, look, we were dominating this game from the get go, from the first half. The team looked already on the money because I mean, the first. A chance because I mean this was like the first dominating half that I've seen Arsenal play in probably yeah. I mean I wouldn't call it even months I'd call it seasons even in a, a couple of seasons where it's that direct because it took some like 43 seconds for the first chance where yeah. Saka ends up clipping the post and I mean unlucky because I mean he already draws the keeper out the keeper goes down quite early and I mean by the time he places I was just expecting the ball to almost like kiss the inside of the post and go in but I mean it ends up hitting the post straight on and bouncing out again you did take your chances, you know, something like that. I mean, it's, uh, I know you, I'm being a bit critical, but sometimes those those need to go in and it could have knocked the winner to their sales. But you mentioned 
um, how well Arsenal started. You know, the the commentator I didn't know for the season or the year. Okay, couldn't be the year, but probably for this season. Arsenal haven't scored a goal. Only they only scored a goal twice in the first fifteen minutes of a game. So, just elaborate on what you said. Of you know, we're very slow starters, or we come to the party very slow. But I mean, this game we started like a house on fire. Because I, I just think, you know, I was mentioning to a friend the other day when we were talking, even like now just of the first half was, you know, this is where Arsenal do miss that sort of, um, you know, that that Pires Freddy type player where. They are quite, you know, clinical and on the, on the money because, you know, a game like this, we should have put to bed way early. You know, you know, almost like kind of blitzed them within 20 minutes, something like that. Because, I mean, it was like quick, such, uh, with uh, such uh, like force who were coming to this game. I mean, Wolves looked like shell shocked at the pace and ferocity we came out because I mean the tackles were not not dirty but you know hard and fair. And I mean we were kind of winning all the 50-50s. We were winning the like the majority of the aerial balls. And I mean, look, fourth minute also, Cedric ends up laying a shot to Saka. And I mean, he uh, fires the instinctive shot at Patricio. And I mean, he stings the keeper's hands with that shot. Yeah, we were literally, you know, piling on the pressure. And Wolves, you know, haven't won a game since I think it was the 15th of December. So they were also, you know, on the back foot. And, and us starting so fast was a, a, a shock to their system. Yeah, the ninth, ninth minute, um, Arsenal ended up having a. Uh, like a Z goal ruled out, okay, rightfully by VAR. Again, great work by uh, by Bukayo Saka. He ends up, you know, uh, you know, really pinning the ball into the box. But I think Lacazette uh, kind of got was like just over anxious to, you know, get ahead of his marker. Yeah, it was. It was uh, I, I really thought we were going to take the leader. I, I celebrated, and then obviously, you know, VAR as the party pooper has been. Um, always seems to, to disallow Arsenal goals or, or very dubious decisions, but like you said, rightfully so, offside. Yeah. So, of course, the weather, the weather starts taking a turn for the worst, and I mean, really the worst, because the rain just starts lashing down, and all of a sudden, it kind of also acts as like a game-changer, because Semedo, in the 23rd minute, he ends up having a, a almost like a heat-and-hope shot from outside the box. The ball kind of skids in front of Leno. I mean, Leno just manages to palm away. And I mean, by the time the you know all of the Wolves guys, uh, especially the one debutant, uh, William Jose, he ends up kind of you know going for the, the the little scrappy finish. But I mean, Leno was quick to gather and smother the ball. Yeah, it it became one of those games. If you're not going to take your chances, it's, it's going to be a real you know mm-hmm. edge of your seat game. And yeah, I, I just you know asking that to heed your warning. But I mean, we did. Eventually, you know, Pepe from the left, as you mentioned, with a lovely, amazing run. I think he put the ball through Semedo's legs. I don't know if he put it through his legs, but he beat him quite yeah. convincingly. And then, you know, slotting the ball in the back of the net. And, you know, for me, I was like, hey, this Pepe again. And Wandel to Arsenal. And I thought, ah, I think this is tickets for, uh, for Wolves. And I think also a few minutes before even the goal, he ends up cracking the... the... Post also when he ends up. Oh yes, beat, I, I don't know how many of them on the one side, and because I, I mean Rui Patricio puts his hands up, but I mean the ball clearly goes over and eats the post and bounces out again. And I mean it's another also near Moscow. So I mean Arsenal could have been easily, you know, four up already. Yeah, I, I did remind you of that game against Leeds a few years back. I think it was the 0304. It was the. 0203 season where we literally blitzed the wolves like in the first few minutes, first half they were like four down, so or three down. So 
I think that's where Arsenal can learn a bit from. It's be a bit more clinical, but yeah, I mean, you know, you waddle up, you're not complaining. I mean, the 43rd minute, the big worry for Arsenal when Lena goes up for a challenge at the corner. And I mean, look, the weather's also getting blustery, rain is still lashing down. And I, I forgot who it was, if it was Nevis or somebody, where they ended up, you know, you know, attacking the ball. But when they came down, they ended up landing on his ankle, which kind of, you know, buckles a bit and he goes down injured. So, you know, it was again, you know, big worries. Like we were kind of thinking, or I was personally thinking, oh man, he's just now Brighton all over again. <laughs> yeah, I, I was also a bit concerned and hoping that it wasn't going to be a long-term injury, especially, you know, since, uh, uh, what's the guy, Ryan, um, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan from, from Brighton wasn't on the bench. So I, I had a bit of nerves with Runa Runes and having to possibly, you know, deputize for him if, if need be. So, 45th minute, with Arsenal just having to see our two minutes of uh, injury time. And I was thinking to myself, you know, guys just see it out, like, play a position game. And I don't know how Arsenal end up kind of screwing this whole thing up because all of a sudden the ball breaks, you know, to, to the Wolves off. Because I think it was a you know, kind of cheap position being lost. And Wolves end up just hitting the ball almost like into the open gap between David Luiz and uh, Rob Holding. And of course... Uh, William Jose ends up, you know, sprinting down the middle. It was like the path is literally open because we kind of caught up, uh, high up the field. And in that motion of him running, William Jose running into the Arsenal box, his heel ends up clipping the, the chasing David Luiz's kneecap. And he ends up going sprawling after taking two or three steps after the fact. And I mean, the ref ends up giving a penalty. You know, a real shocking and, and turning point for me in this game. Yeah, I, I heard also um, a lot of people say that Ref had his whistle in his mouth to blow for half time because I think the penalty happened just, you know, 45 plus 2 and it was 2 minutes in injury time and then David Lewis committed the, the foul thereafter. So, he, and then, I mean, it's not for me, you know, possibly give a penalty if, yeah. if, if, if you want to give a penalty. But, you know, what happened to that double jeopardy rule? It wasn't like yeah. David Lewis purposefully kind of stopped. Um, I've seen Arsenal, you know, in games playing in opposition where no red card is given in a, you know, when the guy's through on goal. And I'm not saying it because I'm an Arsenal fan just, but if you look at it, I mean, a lot of people were even saying, you know, not a penalty. I mean, not a red card. You know, you give the penalty fine, but don't, don't you, I mean, you, you end it, basically you crush the game at that point. I mean, Arsenal on top of things and it just shows also, you know, you need to take your chances. And I mean, for me, that you know that what what was really annoying me seriously annoying me when you think sometimes for say a Liverpool decision like for a goal they will scan and rescan and triple scan you know they are I mean they made that decision within what under a minute they decided okay that is it and yet when we were getting the angles that that um, whichever TV net you go, network you were on you could clearly see what was going on there. Yeah, I mean, why didn't they ever look at the screen and say, you know, uh, if they ever to look at the screen and keep his on-field decision, you know, you respect it, uh, even though you don't you know, don't agree with it. But, I mean, the ref didn't even go and have a second check to see, let me see if I'm making a, because it's a big decision I'm making. And you look at, I mean, hopping back to the United game, Bruno Fernandes stamping on the back of um, Jacques Achilles, things like that don't get a second look. But, I mean, for something simple, you're getting the refs to, to have a second check. And I mean, look at, at, at how many times they analysed the Pepe headbutt. Yes. And also the that Granit Xhaka when he ended up choking the guy. I mean, of course, there it was stupid. But 
there was also provocation leading to the fact, and yet you don't see that also getting punished. No, not at all. And others, we are, you know, for, for me, you know, maybe it gets it right to whatever percentage of the time that I think it, it should go because it's it's still causing controversy. It's not getting things 100% right. I mean, you know, consistency, I mean, that's uh, on another day, would that be a penalty or a red card? I don't know. But I mean, the ref didn't even have a second check. So, you know, Ruben Neves ends up stepping up and he sends Leno the wrong way. 1-1. One, one. Uh, I think I think I messaged you and I knew, like, put something inside and we just said, like, you know, this is not a game that Arsenal are going to end up winning. I know you said Arsenal should try to, you know, try to sneak uh, another second yellow for one of their players. Can't get to his name again. But to kind of, you know, level the playing fields. But oh, it was just so frustrating. I mean, having the game in the palm of your hand, you know, it's one thing conceding a goal, but giving away a red card, you know, it's always going to be an uphill battle against a wolf side who haven't won, like I said, in the Premier League since the 15th of December. Yeah. So, second half, Arsenal then, of course, have to restructure their whole setup, gameplay, and tactics. Uh, Lacazette then comes off, Gabriel replaces him, so that we have already now a second centre back. Um, and then, of course, for me, 49th minute, almost like the wind really knocked out of ourselves. Jao Moutinho ends up beating a 30-yard rocket. And I mean, with Leno not even close to it, 2-1 Wolves. Uh, at that point, you know, I, I, the best I was going to hope for is a draw. Because I just yeah. couldn't see us winging our way back into the game. But, you know, kudos to the team as well for you know, trying to make things happen. Not letting the wheels fall off. Like, you know, uh, don't mean to criticize Wenger. But, you know, Wenger's side would have, you know, capitulated. But... They, they, they tried to keep on chipping away, chipping away. There wasn't probably, for me personally, much chances in the maybe the first half, I mean, the second half, you know, leading up to the 60th minute for Arsenal. But it was just kind of trying to stay in the game. I think it had to steal a goal where they could. Yeah, and of course, six is the first minute. Um, Arteta makes a decision where he ends up taking off Pepe, which, I mean, I still, I mean, look, we normally agree fully with the manager and that, but. I just think a sub like that was almost like wrong at the almost like the wrong point also because yeah okay he brought on Aubameyang but I mean if you already had because look they were at times especially when Pepe was going out on the right side with that uh, Max Kilman who was making his first, like, I mean he's a regular sometimes in the center of defense but this was the first time he played as a left back and he was struggling with the sort of footwork that was coming his way it was with Pepe and I mean he was on the yellow as well. And I mean, for me, it kind of took the sting out of things when he, uh, when Pepe then came off. Yeah, no, I think Pepe is the type of guy when he's on form. You know, you, you you could give him the ball and he could maybe make something happen. But the biggest problem, I think, Arsenal was starting to get boxed in. There was nobody really um, uh-uh. uh, up front as a point man just to hold the ball, just to kind of take the pressure of things. And every time Wolves came back at us, Wolves came back at us. So, yeah, as you now mentioned, like 66 minutes, that was now the period where Wolves now started really dominating the game. They also grew in confidence because, I mean, now they were starting to smell blood, you know, literally with us. So, 71st minute, Leno then makes a, a decent save from William Jose, and it was like a good strike, especially on, on a slick pitch. But then, 72nd minute, I mean, Leno ends up rushing out of the area. Uh, you know, I mean, the Rainers also, of course, lashing down, and he ends up since the ball now kind of skidded on him, he fails to read the bounce of the ball and he ends up handling the ball. Red card, Leno, and also down to nine men. Yeah, I, I think things couldn't have gotten any worse. I uh, was just looking at the screen, you know, that unbelievable feeling. It's like, 
how did the game start the way it did and just end up, you know, with nine men against a struggling wolf side? And I don't know how you felt after being down to nine men. I don't know if you uh, 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 thought that we had a chance of pipping something still, but then on game Runa Runison and off game Thomas Party. I mean, I'm not sure why they decided to take him but, off instead of Shaka. You know, but what I must actually give props to, and it's almost like a, a sort of what they call, you know, lesson learned. Because I mean, this, uh, David's even talking about it as well. And this was something that Runison did quite early in the game, like, you know, in that period when Nina came on as a sub. When that ball was coming to him, whenever, like whenever the Wolves were going along with the ball, he knew exactly, okay, I'm not going to run out of the box. There's enough water on this pitch for that ball to, almost like with the momentum of that pitch and the ball will take it, you know, into my arms. And he was doing that constantly. And I was just thinking that, I mean, I know Leno was trying to force the game. That's why, he, you know, came racing out of his box. But I just think in a situation like that, and this is what I was not trying to mention with regards to David Seaman. He was also on Sky, Sky News yesterday. And he also said, well, you should judge that already based on the weather, where you know, okay, the ball is always going to come slick, you know, slick at you, and I mean, it can hit you anyway, or any part of your body. So, rather play it safe, so you know you're in your box, and you can, you know, if something goes a bit awry, you can't save it with your hands and that. But I mean, I think for him, he was like, Leno kind of sold himself down the river, you know, with, with that uh, racing onto the box like that. Yeah, I, just, I think it was that moment, you know, when you have a blood rush, to yeah. your head and, and kind of, you know, in a panic state, we need to get back in this game. Something like that happened. So, you know, down to nine men. I mean, I don't think I, I saw any hope after that. I mean, we were already struggling with 10 men. But, I mean, for another red card, you know, you can't complain about that one. But, um, flip, I, when, when I saw, you know, Runa Runison, he kind of did redeem himself. Except that one pass he did where he kind of passed it out for a corner. And I just held my head in my hands. But I mean, the final big chance actually did come to Arsenal, strange enough, because Saka ends up getting himself, you know, maneuvering himself closer to the box. He plays a, a decent through ball to Hector Bellerin. And I mean, Bellerin, of course, wants to now have a pot shot at goal, but I mean, there's so many bodies in that Wolves box. I mean, the ball ends up cannoning off one of their defenders. It comes out. Saka then ends up eating the rebound, but again, into somebody's legs. And I, I mean, that is when I felt, okay, you know, it's over. I mean, as much as you know, the lads tried to fight, but I mean, you know, we end up losing the game 2-1, but, you know, also hats off to the guys, because, look, the wheels could have come also totally off the way we did with Southampton at Old Trafford, where they also yeah. lost two players over, like, what's it, six, a second minute, and I think 70-something minute, and, you know, it was like the wheels already came off after they lose their first man already, and whereas Arsenal was still trying to make a game of it, even with 10 men, and then, I mean, with nine men, we had to even play even more clever to, to you know, manoeuvre ourselves to get even up the pitch. And, I mean, we were getting, you know, little bits and bobs of chances. But, I mean, a team can only also do so much. So, I mean, it's a de- for me, it's a defeat. But, you know, almost like, you know, just a whack on the, on the chin. And, I mean, for the next game, I think, you know, get the heads up, boys. Because, I mean, they did show a hell of a lot of art. That was something that we always wanted to do. You know, if we go out, we go out fighting. Uh, and, and the next game, it, you're talking about you want to head up. I definitely want my head up against Aston Villa. I want my revenge against Aston Villa. I want somebody that wants revenge, but the way Aston Villa beat us 3-0, and I felt they were, were quite arrogant, and they um, they just felt like they were, you know, also allowed to be bullied by them, and they just came with a swagger. So I do think we owe one to them, and I'm just really hoping that we can party and keep the likes of Grealish quiet and... Um, 
and also Xhaka and, and, and with Barkley, Grealish and Barkley and what's the they said the forward um can't get to his name now. Oh Ollie Watkins. Yes, yes, that's it. That's the one. So they, I think they those three are definitely their, their danger man and obviously Martinez as well. He's he's definitely added so much to the team. I mean they went really from relegation battlers and with him in the team, I mean, he's, he's made a lot of difference. So I think it's good to see him do well. But, you know, hopefully he, he does one of those TV dives that he did against Reading, if you can remember, in that uh, four, what, 7-5 game where he kind of parries the ball into the net. <laughs> oh, that TV moment. That was yeah. Like the cameras, yeah. Um, yeah, with regards to Villa, yeah, they've hit also a dodgy patch because um, I think after a decent start to the season, They've now also, you know, the last five games, they've lost three. And exit ninth in the league, league, I believe, two points ahead of us. But as you said, now, key men will be Grealish, Watkins, and even that El Ghazi, who's always, yes, like, yes, in a, you know, he's like a, somebody, he'll needle somebody until he gets his way through. So, yeah, with, with regards to the top goal scorer is Ollie Watkins with nine, and then top assist is uh, Grealish with ten. With regards to Arsenal, like I said, he's kind of on a hot streak now. He's up to eight goals now. And top assist, I don't ask me how this is here, but Williams got, he's tied with Smith at all on three with top oh, assist. Uh, still from the first game of the season, just so we don't have any sharing players in the team that you assisted three times the first time of the season. Um, yeah. You haven't done much, but I think it's going to be a bit tricky, no, no double Louise. How his red card never got rescinded, I don't know. But um, was it Benderak or something like that? So Hampton's red card got rescinded. I don't understand how it was the same kind of challenge. Um, and and yeah, I think it's it's probably going to be Gabriel and Holding. Holding is very shaky when put next to Gabriel for some reason. I'm not sure if it's an experience thing, but Holding with Louise and Marie seems much you know firmer. Uh, is Tien still out for the game? Uh, uh, possibly, yeah. Because, I mean, look, Atletas keep kind of keeping his cards close to his chest because there could be quite a bit of changes also in the squad besides now the, the obvious, you know, with the two guys who got the red cards. But I think there could be some surprises also sprung on, on us and on Villa because I think he would actually try to keep things as close to his chest as he can, like leading up to the game. Who do you think is going to go in goals? Renison or... Well, the problem with Matt Ryan is he's got a hip injury and uh, oh up to, what was it, Thursday, he, he hasn't trained yet. And I mean, for me, you know, would you let the guy just train? No. no, 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 no. I don't think it's a wise choice. So, yeah, so with regards to that, I think that's going to be like a, almost like a real uh, headache now for, for Arteta. But I, I just think also don't want to really risk, you know, TNE while... We are showing we are still quite an attacking team, but I mean, as as we both now mentioned also prior, uh, some like Tian, he seems like the heart of this team. That you know, almost everything runs through him. Also, the way the game plan, gameplay, also the tempo of the game, he almost like ups it even more. So he gives the opponents even less time to catch a breather. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I think the midfield too picked himself with Party and Shaka. In front of them, you think Odegaard gets to start, or do you throw Emil again in to 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 play that attacking mid role? I don't know. It, it depends what's now also been done with with regards to you know the other training and tactics have been done for this week, preparing for the Villa game. But the the point I also wanted to make was, um, you know, with Pepe now, he's now um, 
Like he's being pro, he's prospering now, playing out on the on the left hand side of the pitch in the Aubameyang role, and now with Aubameyang just about fit to get into the squad again. How are you gonna do that now? Because look, Saka should be fit for the game, so you know we're gonna think because look, you don't just want to mess around with Lacazette's form right now because he's link up play. Because I mean he's also up there in the the top assist for Arsenal. I forgot to mention that, but he's also up there for setting up goals as well. Do you, do you think Arsenal kind of play a Lacazette behind Emil Smith? I mean, behind Aubameyang, push Pepe on the left, and, and you kind of have Aubameyang. I mean, Lacazette dropping a bit deeper, or, or do you think that you know no, Nali? No, you rather have say somebody like a Smith or Odegaard because look, you need that sort of cre- creative and a player that's quite fast that can you know that, that can run that can. Keep you know people busy because that is the the key to the transition now of Ateta from what we saw start of the 2021 season like where we almost like we're failing at, at all attempts like you know with, with, with results for majority of the, the first half of the season whereas now you've got somebody that's running between the lines between defense and midfield or midfield and attack and that just that filling that space in between that's the sort of legs and so you see. So somebody like like Smith, look at I mean, he ends up running himself literally into the ground. Like at, at times he he walks like a cowboy when he's done playing because <laughs> he has literally put in a hell of a shift because that is quite a, a tough job to do because just to to keep yourself active in almost like in two halves, but in that little spaces that that's always been left open, and that is where we are also hurting teams now. No, I agree. I think maybe you know Bobbank should possibly start and come from the bench to kind of you know any spot back. I mean Pepe. Also, like a drop in performance, you know, you kind of throw him back in. But I mean, there's no point just, you know, throwing Pepe out or, or you're not, you're not sending a positive message to your team if you, if you're just gonna let people walk back in. It kind of tells you, you know, as good as you will perform, if somebody comes back that's my first team, first choice, you know, you fall out of the team. So, you know, like I, I think it's it's true what you mentioned. Now you brought up some valid points. You know, a bombing needs to kind of you know, work his way back into the team, as weird as it sounds. Or, you know, if Lacazette plays himself into the ground this game, you know, next next fixture, you, you allow Aubameyang to lean the line and, and you know, Lacazette can they, uh, um, hang his feet up a bit to just take a bit of a break. But especially with fixtures th- thick and fast, you know, Arsenal need to kind of think how they're going to balance the squad. You know, I think at that, that point that you actually made, and now just I'm still sticking in my head, when you think how we lost in the manner in, way, in which we lost to, to Aston Villa at the Emirates, remember that was a game where I still told you, or, or I think you also picked it up, where party was end up getting so frustrated because Xhaka and El Nini were just playing between themselves. They were always like, yeah. the, you know, overlooking because I think that was like they were not fully trusting him with the ball yet, you know, with the way he plays. Yeah. I mean, for me now, uh, you know, with this game, this is what now what you said like about five ten minutes ago where you said. Now to actually see Thomas Party now dominating, like you know, take over that midfield now the way he should have been do- doing in in the in uh, late twenty twenty. In that yeah, like- no, no, I agree. I think if we can get the foothold in the midfield, if he can dominate Grealish, I think you know Arsenal could stand a very good chance of you know, especially they put their chances away. I feel you know we 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 owe it to Aston Villa to you know put two or three goals past them. Yeah. So with that, in the podcast now, do you have any other pointers you want to make before we No, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. We, we done well. Okay. Then take care, guys. Enjoy the weekend. For, hopefully, it's a fantastic game because, I mean, there are some other crackers also. I think the City-Liverpool game should also be something to watch also over the weekend. So take care, guys. Stay safe. Bye.
Cheers, guys. Have a good weekend. I hope we can get three points.